It's good to be with you today. My name is Jeff Anderson, and uh, I want to just begin by saying thank you uh, to Pastor and Aaron. It is so good to see you again. Uh, we have been friends for many years. Your pastor has uh, traveled with me internationally to some of the places that I'll talk about today. And some of the stories and the word that I bring to you of encouragement, but also the stories that I share today are really your stories. They're uh, the work that we do, but how many of you know you don't give to Convoy of Hope, you give through Convoy of Hope. So the stories that I share, the life change, the transformation, they belong to you. Say it's ours. It's ours. All right. So it's great to be in Great Oaks. It's great to be in Peoria, Illinois. 1940. 35, 45, he told me, 49, my dad graduated from Bradley University. And uh, right from there, went into the United States Navy and uh, got home and a little company called Caterpillar came knocking on his door and he turned them down and went to work for Alcoa Aluminum. <laughs> went to work, but they do business together. Went to work on the West Coast, met my mom who was a Pentecostal holiness. My dad was hardcore Lutheran from Sweden. They came together, they compromised, went to an Assemblies of God church. And... Um, so years later, uh, we all came into the world, and I've had the privilege of being raised in a Christian home, and uh, the call of God came into my life when I was about 18 years old at a church very much like this, uh, at a youth meeting. So the youth ministers and the youth pastor gave a call, and God called me to the ministry on a Wednesday night at a church. How about that? So uh, there is a God. So uh, he's working great things. So I'm so thankful that Pastor Jake has used his influence to tell the story with other leaders in this region and across the country. So he's done that for us. And as well as Great Oaks, you have taken Convoy on this past year and written us not just into the Kingdom Builder uh, ledger, but we're part of your portfolio of ministry in the world so that people can hear about Jesus but also have a better life. So some of the stories that I share with you today uh, will cover just that. We're celebrating 24 years of being the hands and feet of Jesus at Convoy of Hope. I'm going to show you a video in just a moment about uh, the overview of Convoy and the initiatives that we do. Before I jump in, I want to ask Pastor Jake just to join me on the platform for 60 seconds. Uh, across the country, we have a fleet of semis that crisscross this nation, and we need uh, trucks to deliver hope. Uh, we also have containers, and we put those on ships and float internationally for the food, water, and supplies that we provide. So this is a Convoy of Hope semi-truck. It was difficult getting this through TSA, uh, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's 1 to 64 die-cast metal. So this truck, let it be a prayer point in your office. Let it be a discussion topic with maybe other leaders. But also, Pastor, it's my thanks to you for being a partner. Thanks, Jeff. God bless you. Appreciate it. Love you. Love you Appreciate you. Well, a mom was preparing a pancake breakfast for her two sons. We'll call them Kevin and Scotty. And so those, those were my neighborhood boys, uh, friends next door. And the boys began to argue whoever, who would get the first pancake. And the mom saw it as a perfect opportunity to teach a lesson. And this is what she said. Now, boys, f hold on for a minute. Let me tell you, if Jesus were sitting here right now, he would say, let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. Well, the boy sat silent for a moment, and then the five-year-old Kevin turned to his younger brother, Scotty, and said, okay, Scotty, you be Jesus. <laughs> so, when the pressure is on, when you're at work, when you're at school, 
The challenge is to choose to be like Jesus in those moments of pressure. Now, for those two boys, it was uh, fascinating because we're talking about food and we're talking about pancakes. So that's like, you know, religious experience for young boys. So to choose your position, your place, your power to bless and serve and consider others more than yourself. Ultimately, missions, God does a missions work at the time of conversion. Even, you know, God works in you. Why? Because the pastor was talking about it and the videos talked about it of life change. I love water baptism Sunday. I'm honored to be here today to witness this. But that's the new life principle that we all start with. It's like, hey, I'm going to live a Christ-centered life now, not a me-centered or an egocentric life. So the challenge is this. Here is a video report of Convoy of Hope, all of our initiatives and ministries. Take a look. For years, people around the world and right here in our own communities have turned to one Springfield, Missouri-based organization in their time of need. For some, it's been a meal, a drink of water, emergency supplies, all demonstrating the love of Christ and delivered to them by someone from Convoy of Hope. Hal Donaldson, the founder and president of Convoy, distributed the first bags of groceries out of the back of a pickup truck nearly 25 years ago. And since then, Convoy of Hope has added a fleet of semi-trucks, the expertise of industry leaders, and the hard work and joy of tens of thousands of volunteers, all focused on one mission, bringing hope to people in need. Today, Convoy of Hope feeds more than 177,000 children in 11 countries. They've trained more than 10,000 women and helped them start businesses and have instructed more than 16,000 farmers in agriculture best practices, enabling them to provide for themselves and their families. In addition, Convoy works with cities and churches all across the U.S. to host community events. All around the world, the results of Convoy of Hope's disaster relief work have been nothing short of amazing. From ground zero after 9-11 to an earthquake and tsunami in Japan and then back to New York after Superstorm Sandy, Convoy of Hope has been there when we've needed them. Through each of these opportunities to serve, one strategy plays out each time, their partnership with the local church. One of the things I most appreciate about Convoy is its passion and commitment to the local church. Their focus on the local church sets it apart. I watched the value of Convoy interfacing, connecting with the local church so that ministry goes on long after the cameras stop rolling and the headlines have moved on. Every year since 2002, Convoy of Hope has received the highest possible rating by industry watchdog Charity Navigator, putting them in the top 1% of charities rated when it comes to financial health, accountability, and transparency. It's because of that reputation that others have joined the cause. Hey guys, it's Day here. Hi, I'm Drew Brees. Convoy of Hope is here handing out coats, blankets, food, water. Real help for real victims. So much help from Convoy of Hope. Not the first time we've seen them in action. Yeah. They are there when you need them. For nearly 25 years, local churches have helped provide the support and prayer that Convoy of Hope has needed. Through that support, Hope has been delivered to more than 100 million people in 115 countries all around the world. An incredible story with many chapters yet to be written. 
but we want to give God the glory for all of that because, uh, and I think we should just give him the glory for that, don't you? Because it's because of him that we do what we do. Uh, Matthew 25 says, Jesus said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And that's what Convoy of Hope does. Matthew 25, bringing food, water, and supplies to people in need, both here in the United States, where we started in 1994, and God has supernaturally, providentially opened the doors up for, for us to do our work internationally. We've been in 117 nations. We're in 11 every single day, uh, feeding those 177,000 children in 974 schools and orphanages. So that's just one of the dimensions of Convoy that I'll unpack for you this morning. So we serve a God of miracles and multiplication. And as a kingdom builder, uh, I love this whole idea of kingdom building and focusing on church planting, focusing on missions, and focusing on compassion ministries. The missions of your church, really, it's incumbent on all of us to be part of that, to pray, to give, to send. Maybe some of you will deploy short term, or maybe God has put a call on your life to say, I'm going to answer this call and go where the Lord sends me. I know this is up close and personal, but I have uh, three daughters uh, I have a lovely wife of 33 years that I met in college, and um, I have two grandbabies. My life has changed in the last seven months. I have two, two more granddaughters, two more females in the family, and a female dog to boot. But I just want to say, when God start, we say, God, send people into the harvest field. But then when God sends your kids, you want to go back and amend your prayer. Say, hey, Lord, send everybody else's kids, but not mine, to China which is where they serve. And I just thought, thank you, Lord, for uh, taking my, but we get to see them and uh, because I travel a lot and they get home every now and then. So it's our job to take partners, prayers, and generosity and multiply it. So this morning, here's a couple of pictures of disasters that we've done from the Cal Fires to Puerto Rico to Florence. He's going to fire through these. And you can just see just some of the images of people uh, that have lost everything. These are the Redding fires. This is uh, Via de Esperanza right out in, in Puerto Rico, a community that we're working in. This is my buddy Jorge. He happened to, uh, we happened, he happened to be home, knocked on the door, welcomed his family out on the porch. We prayed for them, gave them food, water, uh, luminade, solar lamps, and then he stopped and he said, would you pray for me? And I said, absolutely. And he just began to weep. And after he prayed, he gave me a gigantic Puerto Rican hug. Now, he's a little bit bigger than me, just a little. I'm telling you, he straightened my spine when he hugged me. And he held my shirt and he said, you thank the people that sent you here to serve our nation in our greatest time of need. Hurricane Maria flattened uh, that part of Puerto Rico. And I said, absolutely, sir. I said, I will tell your story in churches that I speak in this year. And so he goes, you promised me? He said, yeah. And he goes, wait right here. He came back out and he gave me a Golden State Warrior hat. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so this is uh, Hurricane Michael. Uh, our response, our assets and team are there fully deployed in the panhandle of Florida. We just moved from Hurricane Florence in the Carolinas, and we just moved our fleet and our team, re replenished some of the team in the field. So you can just see some of these stories. We're going to skip the video right now just because of time. Psalm 82.3, give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and destitute. God has a sweet spot in his heart for the least, the lost, and the last. 2,000 scriptures in his word articulate and tell us and define about his heart 
for people, people that he's made. Now, I, listen, I work with people who are down and out. We work with a lot of people in developing nations who need a chance, not a hand out, a hand up. But I also work with people of means in business and people who are doing very well. And here's the thing. You can be down and out and you can be up and out. The problem is you're out without Jesus. And so everywhere we go, we tell the story of Jesus, his love, and the finished work of the cross, and that we serve a risen Savior. That's the difference between Convoy of Hope and a lot of other great humanitarian organizations. We feel like it is an injustice to not share the gospel with the other 40% of the earth who has yet to hear about him. Amen? amen. Do you, are you an amening church? Amen. I'll guarantee you Pastor Jake's got you doing stuff. I love it. So... This morning, we call it justice and justification. Tangible help collides with the supernatural power of God's spirit, and we are seeing amazing results in the field. Kingdom builders. This is a kingdom builder, kingdom stockholder report today. The stories that I share are yours. You're in this fight with us against spiritual emptiness, against poverty, against extreme poverty, against hopelessness. You're part of this movement of kindness and compassion. There's a story tucked away in John 6. It goes like this. John 6, 5. Jesus sees a crowd of people, and he looks and turns to Philip and said, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip because he already knew what he was going to do. Philip said, Lord, if we work for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that among this great crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said, so they all sat down on the grassy slope. Don't you love it when God has a plan? God has a plan. He already knew what he was going to do, and when we want to panic and do something, Jesus said, hey, just chill and sit down. Watch what's about to happen. And that is the God that we serve. We serve a God who not only loves to do miracles, but he is the multiplier. So they sat down. The men numbered 5,000. They figured there was about 12 to 15,000 people there with women and children. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, gather the leftovers so nothing's wasted. They picked up the pieces to fill 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they said, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. The choice is up to us and individually and as a church. We can be a church or a Christian that makes a difference and makes an impact on the world in our short time in this life, or we can serve ourselves. I'll never forget, I got saved uh, as a young kid and backslid, was kind of a prodigal son through high school and junior high at 18. Jesus uh, completely rocked my world, and that's another story and another message. But um, I'll never forget my pastor saying, uh, it's time to stop serving the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. And he said, um, I'll never forget that thinking, how, how selfish that I am. I went to every altar call. I, we believed in eternal insecurity in my church. Every single week I went forward like to get saved and just to make sure everything was good. I was reading the Bible. I was taking notes, doing all the stuff you're supposed to do. But one cool thing happened. In my life, we always had a missions emphasis at least once a month. And so your kingdom builders is up close and personal to me. Now, this story is not to, to look at a miracle so much as it is to understand the principle of why Jesus performed this miracle. Matthew 19, 26, with man, this is impossible, 
but with God all things are possible. So we know God loves to do miracles, and he likes using people. So four big ideas for kingdom builders. First big idea is this. No person is too little or too insignificant. If you're here today to say, hey, you know, what difference does my offering or prayer make in your kingdom builders here at Great Oaks? Well, it makes the world of difference because people are not only being fed, being trained, farmers are getting best practices, women are being empowered, children are being fed. This is what we call the, the exit strategy at Convoy of Hope to pull people out of extreme poverty. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. No person is too little or too insignificant. Here's the chain of that wonderful day. There was a chain reaction. There was a mom who got up and made lunch for her boy. Little did she know that morning that she was preparing her son's lunch, that she was making lunch for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and 15,000 guests. Your little becomes a lot when it's placed in the hands of Christ. So this morning, there was a father who got up, who went to work to make the money, to buy the food, to stock the pantry so the mom could go in the kitchen, make the son's lunch, give it to the boy. He's skipping across the field only to have it snatched and ripped off by one of Jesus' disciples. And like, here, Lord, do something with this. See if you can do something with this lunch. Well, we know he did amazing things with that lunch, but then there was a boy who gave a lunch. What you do matters in Kingdom Builders. When you give, when you pray, when you partner, when you think of convoy, it's not so much what we possess, but who possesses us. And by the way, a lunch becomes a feast when it's placed in the hands of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but based on some of the testimonies that I've heard today, when Jesus comes into a life, he changes that life and makes it better. Is everything figured out? No. I've had a struggle in my walk with God this year. I've been walking with Jesus for 35 years, 34 years, something like that, a long time. And every day it's a journey. Every year it's something new, staying in the word, staying full of the spirit, staying on mission, what he wants me to do. And so sometimes it, it, you just say, God, you've got to take this. And God's saying, then let me have it. A lunch becomes a feast when it's placed in his hands. Two, no gift is too small. Today, why hadn't the little boy eaten his lunch? Why did he give it away? And it may take faith for some of us to give today. Uh, but that's where God is growing your faith and challenging and stretching your faith here at Great Oaks. You have invested uh, thousands of dollars in this last year in Convoy of Hope. Uh, I was just doing some math and just kind of having some fun. And uh, our cost is $1 is $5 worth of food, water, and supplies. And so we get a lot of corporate donations of our core items. So when a church writes us into missions, becomes part of your vision and mission, $1 is $5 worth of food, water, and supplies. So uh, your $12,000 has been well over 100000 excuse me, your $12,000 has been pushing nearly fifty dollars to $60,000 worth of food, water, and supplies, or... Almost 50 kids fed for an entire year through our Children's Feeding Initiative or five semis at our cost full of food, water, and supplies. So it's incredible how God can take what we give him but multiply it for his glory. Kingdom builders not only give what they have, but they trust God for more and they're grateful for what God has given them. Number three, God knows our needs. So 
No person, it's not so much what you possess, but who possesses you. No gift is too small, but God knows your needs. And here's some people, both spiritually and physically, he knows my needs, he knows the needs of the world today. Our international development strategy at Convoy is centered around three initiatives, women's empowerment, children's feeding, and agriculture. We believe that those three pillars are the exit strategy to help people in developing nations get out of extreme poverty so that when our work When we come to a place where we say we are done here because they are rock solid, they're planted, they're on their own, it's not creating a culture of dependence, but rather pointing people to the Lord so that they know their God-given purpose and destiny. We're focused on these three initiatives at Convoy. Our entire body of work, there's a common thread in every story and fundamental issue that we're addressing, and it's the lack of nutritious food and clean water. So at Convoy of Hope, we, used to, we, we ask why all the time. Two things keep us up at night, to know 16,000 children will perish today in the earth because of lack of access to nutritious food and clean water. That is unacceptable. But did you know 25 years ago, 32,000 children were perishing every day. So we're actually making strides. And then water which is the number one offender in most of these developing nations. But we ask why at Convoy. It's not limited to, but I'm just going to speak for my generation and say, we're quick to accept that meeting physical and spiritual needs is what it looks like to follow Jesus now. Don't just say something, do something. Demonstrate the gospel. And we're finding that working. So we've never considered that it's an either or or both and. It just is. It's what Jesus did It's what he expects us to do, his church, and it really is what the church should be doing. Getting the gospel to 40% of the earth that hasn't heard about Jesus and caring for the poor and suffering. So, my question wasn't from a spiritual or an emotional angle. It was an intellectual inquiry, uh, a question of stewardship. So, of all the causes I could give my life to, we pastored 23 years before coming to Convoy nine years ago. Why, uh, why choose this particular initiative? Why partner with Convoy of Hope? All the initiatives we can invest our energy and resources in, of all the causes the church could get behind to help alleviate the suffering, why choose this? Why not housing? Why not health issues? Why not jobs? All great causes for sure. So why is Convoy dialed in on hunger? It was in a room full of farmers in Kansas City that answers started to come. A gathering with Dr. Jason Struble, our ag expert at Convoy, we began to learn the impact of food on the development of society. Throughout history, every notable era of prosperity has been preceded by a significant increase in the production and availability of nutritious food. Think about that. Some of you were raised possibly in a food insecure household. You were raised, you were poor. My mom and dad were growing up. They made sure that we weren't, but things were tight. But we were fed. We had a roof over our head. We had opportunity. So from the Neolithic Revolution thousands of years ago when we first learned how to farm to the Renaissance that ushered us out of the Dark Ages to the advances of the agriculture that brought us the Industrial Revolution, every time food food security improved, so did society. So... Because more people were able to spend less time worrying about where their next meal would come from. 
I just got back from Nicaragua. I'm going to Haiti in two weeks. We serve 90,000 children a day in Haiti in 435 schools and orphanages. Every single time I walk to one of those orphanages and schools, it is a hero's welcome and a missionary greeting. I was, I'm not a missionary. I got groups of pastors and CEOs and business leaders. And the last trip, my daughter was with me. And these kids come running, and they just mob you. And they th say, thank you for the food and the water purification. And we're just all kind of dumbfounded, like, it means something to them. It's changing their life. It's giving them hope. Why? They can think about tomorrow, not their stomach hurting or their head pounding. Mark Buntain said, an empty stomach has no ears. And so this morning, we not only feed people and give clean water, but we also introduce the love of Jesus Christ to them. And that's the game changer in their world. Most of these children are now free to begin pursuing opportunities to improve their lives. In most industrialized nations, only one person out of 50 works in farming. But in Ethiopia, 82% of, of the society works in farming. The majority of those are subsistence farmers, still living as if it were 2,000 years ago. In the U.S., the average person spends 9.7% of their disposable income on food costs. In Haiti, in Nicaragua, and the Philippines, the impoverished spend 65% of their income just to get a meal, just to feed their families. So this is why we've chosen this. It's called comprehensive security. Chief among them is food security. Economic security is steady flow of goods and services. Political security focuses on the rule of law. But food security is the condition whereby all people have physical and economic access to sufficient, safe, and nutritious food. Now you know why we're doing what we're doing. Because we're seeing meeting physical needs and tandeming that with Matthew 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's working. And God is using it, not as a leverage point or manipulation point, but it's to give dignity and respect and honor to people who have need and then tell them about the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Simply put, improvements in the area of food security impact every other sector. How am I doing on time? I'm good. I'm just about done. Some of these are still shots of people, and we're just going to fire through these really quick. Gentlemen up there, thank you. Uh, this is water purification that you can see, and uh, you can go a little faster. Kids praying at a Haiti. In fact, I took your pastor to this orphanage. Uh, that, that's Managua, at, right outside at the Sandino garbage dump. Kids in El Salvador. Uh, kids like your kids, my kids, you know, that, wanna, that want some hope, that want a future. Um, and you just need to see the difference. Uh, they are happy kids. They're healthy kids. This little guy stole my name tag off the playground and just went running wildly screaming across the playground, screaming something in Spanish. And if you go back to that picture, and he, uh, at the end of the day, I thought, I'm not going to catch him. I'm old. He's faster. He can beat me in soccer. He came up to me and ha handed me that, my name tag back, my key fob. And he said, como te llamo? I said, me llamo es Jeffrey. He goes, me llamo es Jeffrey. <laughs> I took the key fob. I clicked it on his belt. I said, it's yours. He's like, hugs. You think I gave him a gold bar? He hugs me, gives me a big kiss. I give him some candy. And uh, what I didn't tell him, though, is that key fob opens every warehouse and convoy property on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got back to HR, and I'm like, hey, I need a new key fob. They're like, yeah, we heard what you did. <laughs> you gave a kid your key fob. So uh, Angelica, one of our schools in El Salvador, and moving right along. I got about two minutes left. Any more? Okay, cool. 
We're wrapping up. First Samuel. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes and places them in seats of honor. So this morning, Proverbs 19, 17 says, If you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. So back to this, this fourth idea, just to say, or moving into this fourth idea, where God is saying, hey, not only do I know that your needs, but I know the needs of the world. God multiplies what we give him, number four. He takes the one boy who gave. He, God needs givers, so he needs you kingdom builders. It took Jesus blessing the gift and multiplying it for the need to be met. It needs administration and relationships. You have that. You're planting churches. You're partnering with missionaries who are going to, in places that need Jesus. And you are working through convoy, through compassion and kindness, being the hands and feet of Christ. So God multiplies what you give him. It took individuals to prepare the food. It took the willing disciples to distribute the food. And that is precisely what convoy of hope is. God multiplies what we give him. And so finally, I'm just going to race to this picture of a family sitting on a couch. I think that's what's behind me. And I'm going to close with that story. This family means something to me. It was the summer of 1969 when this picture was taken. And uh, the mom and dad were pastoring a small church in Northern California. They dropped the kids off. The babysitter came over. They left in their car. And on the way to the church business meeting, a drunk driver hit them head on in the opposite lane of traffic and uh, killed the man on the left instantly and left the mom on her, the right, literally pinned her body Back together, and she was never right spiritually, physically, mentally, or emotionally after that wreck. Got four kids sitting on the couch. Those four kids, the trajectory of their life changed that night. The deacons and elders came to the house and said, kids, your dad is in heaven and your mom's clinging to her life. They began to pray. Flash mob of, of uh, law enforcement and medical personnel and neighbors and family friends and family came over and by now there's dozens of people on the front porch and a law enforcement officer said will somebody take these kids tonight because if you don't we're going to have to take them down to the station and one guy down the street who went to their church raised his hands his name is Bill Davis and he took them home to this two blocks away a single wide trailer where his family of five already lived. And it's what's, what's four more and five more when uh, Mrs. gets better. And she did, and they lived in this place for over a year. As things go, the kids grew up. They decided as young adults they would go back into this neighborhood and knock on doors and thank the people who served them, including the Davises, and they just brought bags of groceries and knocked on doors. And they said, oh, we remember you kids. And long story short, all those kids grew up, and Bill Davis spoke into the lives of these boys and Susan, the little girl. And one day, when they went back to that neighborhood, it felt so good, they did it again. They filled up back of a pickup truck full of groceries, and that boy in the middle grew up, and he founded a ministry called Convoy of Hope. And this is him, Hal Donaldson. And he was the kid in the middle and wondering, what, what was his life going to look like? So God can take a lunch, and multiply it for his glory from a little boy. What could he do with your life? What can he do with your missions and your kingdom builders offering today? Thank you, Great Oaks, for your amazing heart, your prayers, and your partnership and your generosity to Convoy. You're changing the world.
All right, you guys ready for the word? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm actually going to call an audible and I'm going to say, worship team, don't come out. Uh, we don't need, we're not going to do a last song. I'm going to do a hard dismissal just in a minute. Uh, but I want to uh, touch base, not Jeff's fault, our fault for baptizing so many people. So that's on us. Uh, but I do want to just kind of tie some things together with Kingdom Builders and kind of explain what Kingdom Builders is. Uh, just give me about five minutes to do that, and then we'll have you out of here. Uh, but the main thing I want you to understand today is that we have to be about more, like Jeff was talking about, we have to be about more than just us. We have to be about more than just here. We have to be about more than just our family and our bubble and our needs and what's happening in Germantown Hills or what's happening in the Peoria area or even central Illinois or even our nation. We have to be about more than just us. If the gospel is true, if we really believe that Jesus left heaven, came to earth, entered human history, not just to save me and my wife and my kids and my family, but to save anybody who would put their faith in him. If we really believe that, church, then we have to be about more than just us, right? I mean, I could keep going. I can keep going. We have to be about more than just us, right? And we've got to be about more than just here. And that's where Kingdom Builders comes in. If you're a visitor, this really isn't for you. But you can jump into Kingdom Builders if you want to. And I hope you just see, if you are a visitor, just where our heart is. And our heart isn't just about us and building big buildings and, and whatever else. But it's about Jesus and the world. And so I'm asking each of you today to become a kingdom builder with me. And that just means three things. We'll throw those up on the screen. You build God's kingdom if you're a kingdom builder. By one, serving here at Great Oaks. Two, serving in our partner organizations outside of Great Oaks. And then number three, giving above and beyond your tithe. Tithe means the first 10% of your income. Giving above and beyond that to the Kingdom Builders Fund. If you've been here long, you should have heard about that. We do Kingdom Builders updates every month to try to keep that in front of you. Uh, but we talk about Kingdom Builders exclusively on Sunday mornings uh, once a year. So it's always October. So if you hate building the kingdom and you hate giving outside of Great Oaks, then don't show up in October, okay? Because that's going to happen every single year. I mean, I might switch it just to jack with you a little bit. It may be November next year. We don't know. But probably October, we talk about this once a year. When we do that, we're asking you, if Great Oaks is your home church, if this is your home, to recommit and revisit what God wants you to do. And so last year, our first year of doing Kingdom Builders, uh, you guys did great. Many of you jumped into ministry at Great Oaks who, who weren't already in ministry. Uh, I have gotten so many reports from local compassion and missions-oriented uh, ministries saying, man, Great Oaks is like, I don't know what happened, but in the last year, we were just seeing tons of Great Oaks people. Like Southside Mission, Pastor Craig met with me a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago now, and he said, what is going on? Like we're just seeing so many Great Oaks people, and that's been from all these different leaders of these different ministries all saying the same thing. Life group involvement has been a big part of that. If your life group hasn't yet started serving somewhere about once a month, uh, then get on to your life group leader, all right, and ask him or her to get you into service. But 
Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about service next week. We'll have a bunch of organizations in the lobby to connect with you. Uh, but today I, I do want to end by just talking about the financial piece because that's where a lot of the questions uh, go towards. So last year, our first year doing this, and was our first year doing this, and our goal was $200,000, to give $200,000 through Kingdom Builders uh, in one year, one 12-month period. So last October to this, to today, to give $200,000 in Kingdom. It was an ambitious goal, right? First shot out of the gate, ambitious goal. Uh, do you think we got it? You think we got the goal? What do you guys think? Okay, so we were really close. We gave in 2018, or the last 12 months, $229,000. So that's pretty awesome, right? So God helped us through your generosity. It's amazing. And that's almost a quarter of a million dollars, right? That's pretty exciting what God has done. Thank you to all of you who jumped on board. Our goal for this year is $265,000. We're going to reach that, I believe, by faith and with God's blessing and through your generosity. And you'll get something on your way out that will explain more of that and where it all goes and all that. So to explain how this works and what I'm asking you to do really quickly the Kingdom Builders Fund is, will finance three things each year. Jeff mentioned them. Global missions, local church expansion, which is our 10 and 10 vision uh, to get to 10 campuses in 10 years, to multiply the church that many times. And then number three, compassion ministries, both local and abroad. The way that we finance this, how is this financed? First of all, uh, we believe in the, the principle of tithe, giving the first 10% of your income, so much so that the leadership team, the highest level of leadership at our church, and, and me, we've, we've decided to give 10% of our general fund to model that. And so we have needs as a church, but we're saying, hey, we'll give the first 10% of anything that comes in at Great Oaks to the Kingdom Builders Fund to get out of these, uh, this building and out to those in the greatest need. So that's one source. And the other source of this is just you giving above and beyond uh, your tithe and, and your normal giving, okay? So our church operates on your tithe, to be clear. If you take all of your tithe, if all of you today take all of what you normally give and put it to Kingdom Builders, we'll give like a million dollars to Kingdom Builders, then we'll shut the doors. <laughs> so that's not going to work, right? So if you haven't yet taken the step of faith to begin tithing, then do that. Start there and know that 10% out of everything you give goes to Kingdom Builders. So either way, you're going to be blessing this. All right, I'm out of time. Our goal is $265,000. If everybody gets involved and gives something to Kingdom Builders, we'll hit this no problem. You've got a commitment form in your bulletin. I would love for you to fill that out. Drop it in a bucket on your way out. Ushers will have those at the doors. Um, and it's just committing to those three things I mentioned. You could take it home and pray over it if you need to. I don't want you to give financially one dime more or less than what Jesus tells you to give, than what God would have you give. So first pray. So I'll give you three things to do as you go. Number one, pray. Number two, fill out that commitment form in your bulletin, turn it in. And then number three, just be a kingdom builder. Just start building God's kingdom by giving 
and by serving. Some of us in this room can give very significantly uh, to what Convoy of Hope and what others are doing around the world. We can, maybe you can give $20,000. I'm asking you to give one offering, one faith offering towards kingdom builders. And then you can do that monthly if you need to or whatever. That's all on the commitment form. That's what I'm asking you to do on the financial end of this. Uh, so that, let us know, so that we can tell people like Convoy how much we're going to give them this next year. And they can budget and things like that. And so I'm asking you to do that. Some of you can write a check for $20,000 and give $500. A month. Some of you can give, uh, you know, $20 a month and write a check for $100. Most of us are in between there somewhere. It doesn't matter, but I would just uh, encourage you to don't do the math, just do your part, right? Don't do the math, just do your part. Just pray, give only what God would have you give, both in time and in finances, and then just be a kingdom builder as you go out into this world. Let me pray for us. We're doing Kingdom Builders again this next Sunday uh, with Southside Mission. Uh, their uh, executive director, Pastor Craig Williams, will be with us. And a lot of people from Southside will be here. So I encourage you to come back for that. Uh, but let me pray as we close. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would bless the Kingdom Builders initiative at Great Oaks going forward. I pray that you would move upon our hearts, God, to give to those in the greatest need. To know that no gift is too small. To know that you multiply whatever it is we give. To trust you with that. To trust you with what you've given us. We love you. We ask for all these things in your name, in your name alone. Everybody said amen. Why don't you stand with me? Thank you so much for coming today. Go get your kids. We're late. They're mad. Go get them. <laughs> we'll see you next week for the second week in our Kingdom Builders initiative.